0: So I got to be honest man, I am I am not looking forward to doing this podcast. I'm just not. Um because th- there's really conflicting stuff going on and you can see it in the fan base, and the fan base is starting to get a little restless. So during the game, it was unanimous that everybody was furious about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers' performance pretty much across the board. It was unanimous. But then what happens is some fans start to get perspective, and then in the midst of that perspective, they act like they never were upset at any point, and the people who are still upset and have not found their same level of perspective are terrible fans who should not be allowed to be called fans, and that's when the war starts. They believe that it is your obligation to pretend that those horrible things that happened, that they saw happen, never happened, and that anybody who says that those horrible things happened are terrible people. The defense was great. Aaron Rodgers is fine. And the problem that I have is that I can't do that. Now, I'm, I'm fine with perspective, and I would I'm very excited to move on to the part where we look at this in terms of perspective and positivity and all that stuff. But I can't sit here with a Packers podcast with a goal of talking about what happened and what it means without talking about how absolutely garbage— dog crap that performance was pardon my french that was pathetic that was embarrassing that was horrible nobody could do anything and Aaron Rodgers that I mean it's it's horrible to say that that's the worst I've seen Aaron Rodgers in a long time considering we just talked about not very long ago how Aaron Rodgers had the worst game of his entire career this is now what the third time we've seen Aaron Rodgers have the worst game of his career I mean, one of them PFF didn't verify, but this is now the third time since the bye week that we're sitting here going, gee, what's up with this guy? Suddenly we can't stop the run? I was all excited about how Kenny Clark is back and all this stuff. I was just looking over uh, Pro Football Focus doesn't have their grades, but they have this instant uh, sort of, they call it PFF refocused, where the guys that sat and watched the game, who haven't done official grades, kind of give you an overview of what happened. One of the areas that I thought the Packers were f- at least somewhat decent was in coverage. I know Jair had a pretty rough day, but I figured everyone else was solid. Well, from their perspective, the coverage was not good. The problem was the quarterback either just didn't see him or couldn't get the ball to him, which we saw several times. We got, we, we got bailed out so bad by a quarterback that just loved burning balls into the dirt. I don't know if I would say he was as bad as Aaron Rodgers, but he was pretty bad. He, he looked like a third-string quarterback. And yes, I'm implying that Aaron Rodgers looked like a third-string quarterback because he did. He, he, he literally broke a record for incompletions. Don't come at me about how I'm over-exaggerating. That was pathetic. And then the, the insistence that we have to keep doing it. Look, I love the confidence of this team, but it's, it's going to be the death of them. Because they literally believe they can do anything they want. There's never anything in anybody's mind that says, you know what, maybe we're not super good in this area and we shouldn't do that. They came out with a game plan to do exactly what they know they've not been able to do all year, and that's throw deep passes. They said, you know what, I think we're going to be able to hit them deep on a lot of plays. Based on the way they're playing, boy, and you know what, they were right. They were right about the coverages. They were right about guys being open, you know, getting past guys and being open down the field. The problem was Aaron Rodgers can't throw the pass. Again, all excited about perspective. We gotta buy, everything's cool. We'll get to that. But I am not gonna sit here and pretend like Aaron Rodgers did not play like garbage, and I'm not gonna pretend that since this buy, he has been really, really volatile. And by volatile I mean sometimes he's pretty good, and sometimes he is not even a backup. And I'm sorry. When we're about to go into the playoffs, I kind of expect a little bit higher quality play from the highest paid quarterback in football. I, You know, I'll i will be completely honest, I, I was borderline upset at the press conference. And, and, I, and I get that that's probably good for Aaron Rodgers to go up and be like, I don't know, man, I was just a little off today. You know, shake it off and move on. But at the same time, I'd like a little bit more urgency, a little bit more fire from Aaron Rodgers on the inside going, you know what, that was really bad, something needs to change whether it's my preparation, whether it's my assumptions that I can just do whatever. You know, we always hear about Russell Wilson and the hard work he puts in. You see Drew Brees, there's videos of him, somebody taking a video of him out in the stadium by himself practicing, and guys coming out saying, that's who he is. He's the hardest working guy. That's why he never... Have you ever seen a video of Aaron Rodgers out there just grinding somewhere? No, man, because in his mind, he can do whatever he wants. He's naturally gifted. You know, there was Mike Smith, who is our outside linebacker coach. When he came over, I was doing a little bit of research because these pass rushers in Kansas City, there was two of them. There was Justin Houston and D. Ford. D. Ford was basically a bust. And Justin Houston was a guy who was great in his prime, but then kind of fell off. And, and one of the things that D. Ford had talked about is how great um, Mike Smith was because he really broke it down for him and helped him to see certain things. And one of the things he did and the way he revived Justin Houston's career is by showing him that, look, there was a time in your career... When you could get away with being sloppy because you were so unbelievably naturally gifted. Those days are gone, and so he had to teach him to play smart. You still are gifted. He's still a talented guy, but he can't just be a sloppy whatever guy anymore. He's not just overpowering everybody. He's not just faster than everybody. Justin Houston is a guy that needs to start to lean on his experience a little bit. We need to understand the fundamentals are the most important part if you're going to have longevity in this league. Somebody needs to man up and get in Aaron Rodgers' face and tell him enough with the, with the nonsense. I'm really sorry, but you're not the guy who can drink a glass of scotch at night, wake up, roll out of bed, drive in, do a couple jumping jacks, and then go play a football game anymore. There was a time when you could do that because you were just the best in the business. And it didn't matter if you were throwing hook shots down the field. You were going to get a completion. The reason why Drew Brees is at the top, the reason why Russell Wilson is still at the top and having maybe the best season of his entire amazing career is because these guys grind. And by the way, we've had this conversation before with Mike McCarthy. I said Mike McCarthy's a great coach. He's just not putting in the work anymore. He's not adapting. He's not growing. He's not trying to learn what new offenses are doing. He said, no, 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 what I do is good enough. And it kind of feels like that's rubbing off on Aaron Rodgers. What I do, what we do, we have pride in ourselves. We have pride in our culture. We have pride in our system and all these things. And everything will just work out, man. No, garbage. I need Aaron Rodgers to lovingly go to Danica and say, Danica, dear, I love you with all my blah, 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 blah. blah." But I'm going to need you to go to this billion-dollar Malibu mansion we bought by yourself. Go hang out and do whatever it is you do. I'm going to be locked away somewhere with no cell phone and no communication. Here's the number of a guy who works in the building that can get a hold of me in case of emergency. But me and Jimmy Graham and Marquez and Danny Vitale and Alan Lazard and, and Devante, we're going to be locked in a, in a warehouse somewhere. Incommunicado. Because we actually care about winning a Super Bowl. We're not going to be out prancing around. We're not going to be hanging out in Malibu. Because we actually care. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a week to practice with my guys. That's what I'm going to do. Because I care. And you know what? I'm going to wake up early. And I'm going to practice really hard. And I'm not going to go to bed until it's really, really dark. Because it gets dark kind of early. So it doesn't mean much. I mean really, really dark. And I'm going to eat right. Take my vitamins. Say my prayers. The whole Hulk Hogan thing. And we're going to come out firing. And we're going to do nothing but work and grind. Because there's no question Aaron Rodgers is still inhuman in his talent. I just don't know if there's passion. When a guy is, is butted up to a 13-win season and a bye week and the playoffs and probably his best shot at a Super Bowl, one of the best in his entire career, this defense is playing out of their, out of their minds. Best pass rush unit he's ever had. Corners that you know they're on again, off again, but they're a pretty good unit. And he was the anchor in this Lions game, in which they almost lost their bye because of him. And he goes to the podium. He's like, Meh, I don't know, it's was a little bit off. I'm gonna go back home and drink a little scotch and watch a football game, and you know, see what happens. And I felt good about the throws, you know, I felt really good. It just wasn't there. I don't know, it was weird. Was it weird? That's because of a lack of practice. And I understand everybody had a little bit less practice because he got Christmas off, whatever fine don't do that again if you can't take a day off or two days off and not be terrible stop taking days off you got a whole off season coming up you and Danica can go to Malibu you can go hang out with the Dalai Lama do whatever you want to do go swim with sharks I don't care what you do in the off season you've got like a couple weeks to man up and do your job Jair talking to you bud couple weeks man up they were talking about you as Darrell Revis. You ain't been Darrell Revis since week two. Yeah, I, I, I love that they all got swag and they got energy and we can do whatever we want. The problem is they take it too far. And then they're shocked when a team like the Lions starts bashing them in the mouth. Well, what, what, what is this? I thought we were supposed to just roll in here and get a W. I, I didn't even know we were going to have to play today. I thought they would just forfeit. In, in absolute abject fear and horror of us walking in the building, I thought they'd just quit. I actually got to sit here and play and throw passes and cover receivers. Gee, oh, golly, oh my, oh me! Who'd have thought? I'm sorry, but we got to wake up now. No more mulligans. Figure it out. We got we got to know at this point what plays work and what plays don't work. Next year we can we can work on this stuff, man. We can open up the playbook. You know, get a few more pieces. We can really get this thing humming, but we've got a few deficiencies this year, and that's expected, and that's fine. I get it. First-year head coach—they're still learning the offense. We don't have all the pieces that Matt Lafleur needs to to look like San Francisco. The way San—you know why San Francisco is so good? Because they've been implementing this system for so long. When they call a play, it's like a beautiful masterpiece. Everybody moves in perfect rhythm, and it's just a beautiful. The Packers aren't there yet, and that's understandable because they're just learning it. But we got to work with what we've got. We got to stop thinking that we're the best team in football and we could do literally anything, including not even try. We can't do that. We have to work harder than everybody else. The Saints and Drew Brees have been doing this for decades. They've been practicing this, rehearsing this, grinding at this, trying to get a Super Bowl. The 49ers have been building this for, what, four years now? And it's just starting to come together? Of course they know what they're doing. Of course they look like they're just an unstoppable force. They should be by now. It's all coming together. That's why we have to work harder. Zedarius and Preston and Rashawn and... You know, all these guys, it's their first year. The entire offense, it's their first year. Learning the system. At best, it's somebody's second year in this defense. At best. Those are are the most experienced guys in a system on this team. And as a result, you have to work harder than everybody else. And we're just not. We're celebrating days off in the locker room. Hey, you get Christmas off. Yay! I get to go to a basketball game and chug beer, right, Bakhtiari? or wherever he went to go slam beers I don't know but this team likes to party I'll tell you what I don't care man you're 24 25 26 you want to live it up as a multimillionaire by all means I'm just asking you to be a professional for a month can you be a professional for a month can you hit the gym and practice and talk to no talk to nobody in your life except your teammates, your coaches, your trainer, your extra trainer, your personal trainer, this guy, that guy. The only people you interact with are people that are going to make you better at your craft. That's it. And if you can do that, there's a very real chance you will be Super Bowl champions. I just want you to care. One, one, one of the most disappointing and sad things watching that game was how loud the 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 fans were the Packer fans. The most energy, the most effort, the people that showed up are the are the the people who had to pay to be there, and they're they're screaming, trying to get this team in Detroit. By the way, they're the away team, and Packer fans were loud. If you were at that game, massive round of applause because it was loud. We could hear you clear as day screaming. That was about as loud as any Packer game I've heard. Maybe slight hyperbole, but that was very very loud and very very well done. For, for a stadium that was probably barely half-filled with Packer fans. From what I could tell, it wasn't even hardly half-filled entirely. But but the fans who showed up to try to see their team do something awesome are screaming and paid to be there and paid to see a great team and a great effort. And it just it wasn't there. And, it, you know, I'd love to say that this is going to be a wake-up call, but why hasn't there been a wake-up call? Why wasn't the Chargers game a, a wake-up call? Why wasn't the 49ers game a wake-up call? Why wasn't the Redskins game a wake-up call? Why weren't any of these games wake-up calls? Like, hey, there's something not working here. When they went out to to California and were partying all night and then just got destroyed by the Chargers, that should have been a wake-up call. You know what? The exact same thing i have just been saying for the last 10 minutes. That should have been the wake-up call to the whole team. We can't do that anymore. We can do that in the offseason. We can't do that now. We need to be tuned in. We need to be practicing. We need to be grinding 24 hours a day. Eat, sleep, drink, eat football. Yes, eat twice. It's nutrition is important. But yet, that's not what's happening. Aaron Rodgers is out in California buying homes. We see these guys out at, at, at basketball games. We see these guys going out with each other. They get along great, and that's awesome. But they're out on the town all the time. And again, I, I there's two things I see on social media. I see Packer fans hanging out together out on the town. And then I look on social media, and I see Drew Brees alone locked in a stadium by himself, working out. So I don't know. Maybe they're too young. Maybe they don't care enough. Maybe they're not hungry enough. The talent is there. I don't know if the passion is there. Absolute psychotic laser focus on nothing but a Super Bowl ring is what is is required to win a Super Bowl. You want to know why Tom Brady has so many rings? Because the man is a psychopath. All he cares about is winning. Bill Belichick, all he cares about is a Super Bowl. These guys are just having fun, and that's cool, and that's great. But if you're not a psychopath, about nothing but a super bowl championship you will not be super bowl champions if you want to go out on the town and have steak dinners together and go to games together look if you want to be together that's cool be together on a football field somewhere russell wilson does that he, he in the off season he calls up his wide receivers they go out and work out together never once have i heard aaron Rodgers do that he's out again with dalai lama swimming with sharks driving around with danica he's true, true, true travel in the world why not work out with your guys I'm not even saying you can't do fun stuff. Dude, you, you can... I mean, February, March, April, May, June, July... What, when do you have to permanently be back? We're talking almost six months a year. Can you, can you like, hang out with them for a week? A month? I, I don't know. Whatever. I, maybe they work out. I don't know. I mean, and, and the problem is this, this is basic stuff. You hear about the, the hustle and grind from people who are trying to trying to start $50,000 a year businesses. Passion. People working hard, doing the work that's necessary. And then you got guys who just feel that that all their talent is just intrinsic, and they don't have to work out. I don't get anything from it. That's the whole preseason thing with Aaron Rodgers. I don't really need practice. Let's just keep him healthy. He doesn't need to practice. Oh yeah, he does actually. They all do, a lot. They need a lot of practice. But I don't know. That that that's that's where I'm at with this nobody is to a point very few people right the, the nick bosses of the world are at a point in their career where they can just physically dominate people without any practice that dude can go out and do drugs and drink and smoke and you know lay out in the ocean and then roll himself into a stadium and have three sacks in a game because that's just where he's at physically and genetically and there will come a time when he's going to have to actually put in more work and i'm not saying he's not work but the point is i mean dude rogers these guys are these guys are just outworking you. And there's so much talent right now at quarterback, Drew Brees again, because he's putting in the work. Russell Wilson, talent plus the work. You think Pat Mahomes isn't putting in the work? Maybe he's not, I don't know. You look at what Lamar Jackson is doing right now. Aaron Rodgers is slipping into mediocrity at a rapid pace. I'm talking rapid. He is he has sunk down to Matt Stafford level in a matter of a few months and he and he can just he can just f- with a snap of his fingers be right back up to top 5. He's just got to work and have a psychotic focus on being the best. Not because he's just naturally the best, but because he works harder than everybody else. Again, maybe it wasn't always that way, but it has to start being that way. And and again, I don't want to have to do any of this. We won the game, we're going to the playoffs, yippee-ki-yay. I I just want to see more passion. I don't expect this team to be better than everybody else. Again, the 49ers and all these guys, they've they've been working at this for so long. This is a brand new thing. It's going to be a little bit ugly. It should never look like that, though it should never be that ugly, ever. It just shouldn't. There's no excuse for that. That that just looks like a bunch of guys that don't care, and that's what's frustrating about this last game, because one of two things is true. Either he does care, and he is putting in the work, and that's the best he can do with, with 100% energy, which is horrifying, or he just didn't care and went in acting like he doesn't care and shockingly was surprised that he was a little bit off. I'm going to choose to believe it was the latter. It's Christmas, Just got a massive infusion of cash, went out and bought a new house. I'm sure he hung out in, traveled back, and just thought he could just roll into the stadium and just dominate because he's Aaron Rodgers. And again, at some point, somebody's got to just get in his face and be like, that ain't it, man. You have to work now. If you want the rings like Tom Brady has, if you want the longevity like Tom Brady has, it's not a matter of just eating right. Well, Tom Brady takes care of his body, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's cool, and you're going to be athletically able to stand up and run around a little bit and, and, and physically be able to do what he can do. But you're going to be a bad quarterback and nobody's going to want you. You have to work. Anyways, two, two more little points that are somewhat negative and then we'll move on to some of the actual stats and maybe some of the, I don't know if you want to call it positive spin or, or just, you know, whatever. Um, Number one, and again, this is another one everyone's going to be, get mad at me, but whatever. This is not the first time we've seen Aaron Rodgers really just play like he's not focused. I remember very specifically an entire season sitting back going, what is wrong with Aaron Rodgers? And you probably know exactly what season that was. It was 2015. It was just a bad year in the midst of what seemed to be pretty good years all around. Like, what is up with this team? It's just weird. Aaron Rodgers was just off. He kept missing throws. And that was a common occurrence. He kept missing throws. And I swear, and I, I would love for somebody to find this, I swear Rodgers has said those words before, I'm just a little bit off. Like, it felt good as I was throwing it, and it was just weird. Like, it just wasn't there. And I feel like that was back in 2015. It, it's it's very reminiscent. If you remember, there was sort of a running joke at the time. The running joke was that the problem was Olivia Munn. Now, it seems dumb because especially at the time, it was just a quote-unquote curse, right? It was, it was the curse of Olivia Munn. It's just because she exists. Whatever. Strangely enough, Olivia Munn went bye-bye, and 2016 was actually a really good year for Aaron Rodgers. I said again as a joke, this year, when Danica came on board... I don't care, but if he has another down year, I want her gone. Now, here's the thing. I I don't want her, you know, whatever. It's his life. He can do whatever. I'm glad. I'm happy for him, all that stuff. But I do believe that this ties into Aaron Rodgers' focus issue. Aaron Rodgers has other priorities. And look, that's the right thing relationally. If I was a marriage counselor or whatever, I would say, yeah, you need to be more focused on her than your football career. As a Packer fan, I don't like that plan so much. And again, I'm not saying he needs to abandon her. Maybe this week. But again, I, I I legitimately think it's a focus issue. And don't act like you don't have a friend who, when they get into a relationship, that person is the only thing that matters in their universe. You know exactly how those kinds of people are. Some people are just that way. They abandon their friends. They just they shut down everybody. They, they cut off their family. They cut off their friends. And they do nothing but dedicate their time, their money, and their energy to this one person. These guys started dating. They literally traveled the country together, and now they just bought a $30 million mansion in Malibu. Together, they they bought it together. They're gonna move in together. They they just started dating. Again, I, I don't you know it's his relationship whatever. But my point is the focus. Can you do those things and still keep football number one priority? To still have the drive and the passion to be number one, and it's a sacrifice. And it's not just football. You listen listen to CEOs. It'll terrify if you want to be a business owner. If you want to be a great you know multi million dollar multi billion dollar business owner someday. If you have those aspirations. You know, there's this misconception that, you know, if you just started in a garage, it's almost like it's just this luck of the draw. Like, every once in a while, one of these guys ends up just striking it big. No, man, go look at the time they put in. Go look at the strain that's on their relationships and their family. This is what other football players are doing. This is the time that these guys are putting in. And they either have family and friends that understand that and respect that, or they're just cut off. And again, I'm not asking for him to do anything damaging to his relationship. I just tend to think the lack of focus is from a guy who likes to enjoy life, who has friends that he likes to hang out with. When he gets into relationships, that's the most important thing in his life. And him and Danica are off doing what? I mean, he just apparently did a podcast with her. They were out buying houses together. This is what they did prior to this horrible performance against the lion. And this again, this isn't his first horrible performance. He has to know... That it's because he's not putting in enough work, but he doesn't want to put in any more work. And it's not just Rodgers. This is a this is a thing team-wide. You know, when Rashawn and Zadarius and, who was it, Kingsley Kiki? Who was the other one that was in the car that got busted for weed? Again, I, I don't really super care. It's just the, where, where is that CEO passion? Where is that Jeff Bezos, I'm-going-to-work-40-hours-in-a-day passion? That psychotic grind—that there's always somebody that's coming to take my job, and I'm not going to let them. And these guys do it for 20, 30 years. And yeah, a lot of them started these companies in their 20s. So it's not like, well, these are 20-year-old millionaires. What do you expect? I expect you to have the passion to want to be the best. I thought that's what got you here—is this psychotic passion and drive to get here. But now you get a paycheck. Yeah, whatever. Rogers is acting like he doesn't even want another paycheck. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be that—that—that that, that moment in which Aaron Rodgers goes to whether it's Danica or his friends or his family or whatever, and says, look, I I need to focus on football right now. This needs to be my priority. And I'd be stunned if Danica just decided then I'm leaving because of that. I don't think that's the case. I think Aaron Rodgers just wants to dedicate his time and his energy to her and to whatever else he wants to do. Commercials, travel, scotch, watching Game of Thrones reruns. And, and, And listen, when you're at the highest level in doing that, you will fail. This is true in business, it's true in football, Any, anything in which it's a high competitive arena and you're at the top, you either work night and day or you fail. If Jeff Bezos decides tomorrow that he's going to stop working, if Elon Musk decides tomorrow that he's going to stop working 22-hour days, they're done. Their companies are over. And again, we, we see Drew Brees, we see Russell Wilson, we know Lamar, we know these guys are just are grinding and they're not going to stop and and so insofar as the culture has changed in a positive way for the packers locker room there there might need to be another little tweet and that is in this place we work hard and i kind of think that they went the opposite direction it's much more laid back and it's great and it's working to a to a large degree but you get these wild volatile swings to where you have a pile of talent that just thinks they can show up and dominate anyone any day of the week and and interestingly enough Should have been a break by now. It is interesting how they always seem to have just enough to meet their competition, don't they? I mean, there's a few exceptions, both of which, by the way, were on the West Coast, and then the Eagles game, which is weird. But but minus those, they always seem to have just enough to beat their competition. As in, when we go up against the Lions, I don't have to care. And then they play poorly, because they didn't really care. But then they muster just enough to win. But yet, when you go up against the Vikings, it seems as though they work really hard to want to beat the Vikings and they do because they're that good of a football team because that's what got their focus and attention and said we got to grind this week now my preference is you just don't stop but this is kind of getting into the territory of where we start to see perspective so why don't we go ahead and take a break here and we'll come out the other side of this and and just well we'll we'll get to it then I want to summarize it now because I'm very ranty right now and I'll just end up saying the whole thing all right, folks, this is it. we got a couple weeks to figure it out, but there's no more regular season game. we got to make a decision on whether or not we're actually going to go watch the Green Bay Packers play in the playoffs. And fortunately, this first game is going to be at home. So we've got an opportunity to watch a team that actually has a very good chance of winning a playoff game at home, and it's just going to happen in a couple weeks. And maybe this never occurred to you before, so let me say it to you. You can be there. What I would encourage you to do is download the Vivid Seats app. Just peruse through it. Go see what the ticket prices are. See if you'd be willing to buy a ticket and take somebody with you to go watch what is probably going to be a pretty historic game one way or another. Because that's just what Packers playoff games are. Remember, they've got the 100% buyer guarantee. They've got the credits that you can earn when you make your purchase. And if you're a first time buyer, use promo code Overtime and you can receive a discount of up to $100. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event. Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at US Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, US Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. All right, so a couple things that I just saw on Twitter as people are starting to do their I don't want to call it a post-mortem because we won the game, but as they kind of pick apart some of the negative things here, um, here's a stat from Pro Football Focus. Rogers, 17 passes, 20-plus yards downfield yesterday, most we've ever seen. You know, for a team that has not been able to really execute deep ball passes all year long, to break a record for uh, deep passes, 17, and also consequently breaking the record for most incompletions in a game, I feel like game plan needs to kind of come into play here a little bit as well, in terms of criticisms. I also saw this from Matt Schneidman. Aaron Rodgers, final 2019 stats. Passing touchdown, 26. He's tied for eighth. Passing yards, he did crack 4,000, which is 11th. 4,002 yards. Interceptions, four. Tied for 36th. Completion percentage, 62%. Tied for 21st. Passer rating, 95.4. Third lowest since he became a starter in 2008. But all right, anyways, I, I think that, that bigger point that I said toward the tail end of, of before the break there, that's what the team kind of is. They have enough talent to beat anybody. Not saying easily, but they do. I mean, if you can beat Minnesota at home, that's that's pretty much, that's, that's top tier right there. That is not easily done. It was not expected to happen, and it happened, and to be honest, it happened relatively easily. As I said before, if it wasn't for all those perfectly placed punches that turned to turnovers, that probably would have been a blowout of the minnesota vikings at home so we know the talent is there and and listen for whatever reason they just will not dominate a team they will play down to the competition they will play up to the competition i don't like it i vented my frustration prior to the break that's over with this is what the team is and i'm willing to bet that they're going to have a little bit more respect for whoever comes to Lamba. i'm willing to bet they're not going to take a bunch of time off and not take this seriously when the New Orleans Saints or whoever comes to Green Bay, which, by the way, let's look at that really quickly. As it stands right now, the only team we cannot play is the Minnesota Vikings, because if they win, which let's hope that they do, although I don't know if we want that. I don't know. Let, let's work through it. If So so here's the games that are going on in the NFC next week. You've got the Minnesota Vikings against the New Orleans Saints. That's obviously happening in New Orleans. Then you have Seattle going to play the Eagles in Philadelphia. So if the if the Saints win, they're coming to Green Bay. Because they're the highest seed, they come straight to Green Bay, and then either Seattle or Philadelphia goes to San Francisco. Now, the here's sort of the good news here is the way that the Packers stay home is if somebody goes to San Francisco and beats them, and then they have to come to Green Bay. I think the team that is most equipped to do that is the Seattle Seahawks. I know we just saw them lose, but that was a very close game that they should have won, and they already beat them in San Francisco. They can do it again. And this is a much more battle-tested team. Let's not forget, San Francisco got Bosa because they were drafting, what, second overall? They're a very good team, but they're not exactly battle-tested as far as the playoffs go as a team. Seattle certainly is. They've been here before. And so if the Packers can beat the Saints, which is certainly not a foregone conclusion, that is a very good team right there. But if that were to happen, then there's a possibility that that Seattle then has to come to Green Bay, which I actually think might be an easier game than the Saints. I know a lot of people think Drew Brees is just going to fall apart and play like garbage, and the Saints are going to be terrible because it's a little bit chilly in, in... january you know at five o'clock but um i don't know either way that would be a scenario as far as good scenarios go that would be one of them the other would be that minnesota wins they go to play the san francisco 49ers and we play either the the seattle seahawks or the Eagles. kind of hard to say which team you'd rather play obviously the easy choice would be the eagles because they're less good but they've already beat us at home so i don't know If you want to play an Eagles team that just beat the Seahawks in Seattle and is now coming to—oh, no, they would be in Philadelphia. So that would help. Help with the psyche of things. (laughs) Like, oh, no, here comes a hot Eagles team. And then from there, really, really, really want the Minnesota Vikings to beat the 49ers. Well, I guess you don't have to root for that. I probably would because I believe strongly and for good reason that the Packers can do it a third time. There's also that horrifying fear that if that were to happen and the Vikings win and get their vengeance, not only do the Vikings knock us out of the playoffs, but then they go on to the Super Bowl, which is just the worst day of anybody's life. Nobody wants that. But I suppose we should be strong enough to take our chances in that because i don't know if we want san francisco coming here but the bottom line is these are the teams that any single one of these teams we may be playing the 49ers the vikings the saints the seahawks and the eagle and then of course in the afc if you get to the super bowl so the point is they're going to be playing up to a lot of competition and the only team that maybe they would be sleeping on is a team that just stomped them out at home earlier in the regular season so there's no reason they should be doubting them and, and look, this is what the team is. They're a 13-win team. and every, Somebody on Twitter said, I have no idea how this, got, this team got to 13 wins. And my response to them on Twitter was, this is how. This game right here is exactly how. They've done this all year. They play right up to the level of the competition so that when they play right up to the level of a bad competitor, people look at them and say, they're, well, then they're a bad team because they're just as good as the Lions. They're just as good as the Redskins which means they're bad. However, they can also play up to the competition of the Minnesota Vikings, which should mean they're just as good as the Vikings, but nobody wants to give them credit for that, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. If you think about it, just a r- random example, because that's what I do. You know those punching machines? Y- you punch the little thing, and it tells you how hard your punch was. If you punch once, and I don't even know what the metric is, but let's say it's one to a thousand. If you punch once, and it's like a 200, and then you punch a second time, and it's 900. Is anybody going to look at him and be like, that dude's a wuss, dude. He only got 200. I bet he can't even punch hard. I'll fight him right now." That would be a bad idea. Because the, the fact of the matter is, if you're a really weak person, you physically can't hit that machine and make it say 900. If you're a strong person, you can have a misfire and it'll say 200. So to assume that the Packers are only as good as they were, in other words, to look at their 13-3 and 3 team and say, well, they're only about as good as the Lions, is kind of silly. I don't know why it has to be this way. I don't know why they play down to competition. I can't explain it. I, I Again, I did my best to explain it in the previous segment. But I also know that this is a 13-3 team because they can play up to competition. And if people want to doubt them, that's fine. Yeah, they play down to competition. I don't know why. But they're a 13-3 team because they beat really good teams also. Because they have a very good record against teams with winning records. And you can play that game with anybody. Go find me a team that's done better against teams with winning records. They haven't had the hardest schedule, but they haven't had the easiest schedule. They beat the Vikings at home. Nobody else has done that. If you don't want to give them credit for that, okay. And yeah, technically the Bears have done that too now. But I think that was slightly different circumstances. But, you know, I, I guess props to them. And by the way, I'm very happy. As much as it would be nice for the Bears to go 7-9 and nine instead of 8-8, eight and eight, um, the fact of the matter is everybody's looking at this saying it was a close race between Green Bay and Minnesota. Excuse me, 13-3 and three and 10-6. and six. What exactly is close about that? Nobody's going to look back in history and go, "Ooh, this was a close race between the Packers and the Vikings." Nobody's going to. There's always tight races in the NFC North. Every year that the Packers won the North, it felt like it was it was up against the last week of the season was to win the North. The last game of the season was the game to see who wins the North. That was certainly not the case this year. The Packers are three wins ahead. In fact, the Bears were closer to being number two than the Vikings were to being number one. The Vikings only had two wins on the Bear. By the way, they went 0-2 against the Bear. But but the Bears had eight wins. The Vikings had 10 wins. The Packers had 13 wins. You do the math. But look, that, 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 that's, that's the whole thing, right? We're just going to have to embrace this because we have no other choice. I don't want this to be the case. I want them to just work and to grind and just to, to be the best and to dominate. The fact of the matter is, though, they're only going to be able to play up to the competition, and they're just going to have to find a way to win and win ugly. Because they're not the Saints. They're not going to go up against a garbage team like the Carolina Panthers, and blow them out 500,000-4. to four. I wanted that to be the case. They're just not that team. They're not interested in that. The the Saints are just always on, man. They're just always at 100 all day long. The Packers are just, like, dialing it up for whatever they need for that week. And then they barely squeak it out, right? The the Lions are like a, a, a 40 or a 4 out of 10. So we're just going to crank it up to about 4.5, and, and hopefully that's enough. I, I did, we, we, to be honest, we should just be on the... Be beyond the point of trying to explain that and hope that next year it's different. That next year with, with the revamped offense, because, it, it, listen, they do deserve some leeway here. There's no excuse for Aaron Rodgers playing that way, but they deserve some leeway here. They are missing some pieces. They did have some injuries. This is the first year in a scheme. They're just, just, just starting. By the way, Dexter in that one run, I thought he looked pretty good. By the, uh, Hey, let me just throw this out, because now, see, now I'm getting excited. I got the anger out, and I'm feeling good. If you remember... Dexter is an outside zone guy. The Packers are now getting better at that whole outside thing. I'm Early prediction, I think Dexter's going to be in the rotation next year. It's not much of a prediction, but as of right now, it's like Dexter's kind of a bust feeling kind of thing. I don't think so. I think he's going to be up to it next year. Anyways, it's, it's almost good news that we're not playing the Lions or the Redskins or the Giants anymore because those are always wildly disappointing games because they play down to the competition. We're done with that now. We just need the Packers that play up to competition. We don't have to worry about it anymore. We don't have to worry about narrow victories and the media saying this team is terrible because they barely beat this team. We don't have to worry about feeling bad about losses against bad teams anymore. It's the playoffs now. I'm we should all be fine with ugly. There's no expectation of blowouts. We don't need to worry about, you know, winning forty to ten. None of that. I don't care if you win two to one. I don't know how you do it. I don't care. I don't care if it's fifty to fifty one. Just win. That's it. That's all that matters anymore. And the good thing is that's all the Packers have ever done. There's no, if they awarded style points in the NFL, the Packers would maybe have like one. You, you have been awarded one style point. This has been just an ugly, sloppy grind. But you know what? It's an ugly, sloppy grind to 13 wins. By the way, the only teams with 13 wins so far are the Saints and the 49ers, and then Baltimore obviously has 14. Kansas City's only got 12. New England's only got 12. That pretty good Seahawks team has 11. So so, so that's that's the thing, right? Everybody's asking, well, how in the world are the Packers going to win these games? I don't know. How did they get to 13 wins? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't need an answer. They find a way. And of course, that's not a guarantee. They've got three losses, just like the 49ers have three losses. A lot of teams that are really good find ways to lose. It's not a matter of anything being guaranteed. It's a matter of, can they find a way? And the obvious answer is yes. So I I get the confusion. I get the media looking at them like a dog with the, the head going crossway like, what? And saying that this team isn't, because most of these teams would have blown out Detroit. However, most of these teams would have lost to Minnesota. The only real question is, do they have, the two questions, do they have enough talent to win these games? Will they bring that to the table when the time comes? Number one, yes they do. Number two, I don't know, but they have been. When the lights are brightest, that's when they show up. Even against the Lions, it's like you don't even see the spark until it's almost over. Until that pressure is just all the way built up and then suddenly it just comes together. Even though it wasn't super pretty, even Rodgers started getting it and Aaron Jones had his first big game and just everything just clicked just enough. Just enough. And Mason Crosby's kick was just good enough. I about had a heart attack because I thought that thing drifted past the bar. Because you keep, okay, because it's a two-dimensional plane when you're looking at it from behind, and all you see is that ball drifting closer to the crossbar, and you're like, "Please tell me it crossed by now. Please stop drifting and hit the dumb net." So I look. This isn't how anybody would write it up if we had the choice. However, anybody that wrote up the Packers of the number two seed at 13 and three, that script would have been ripped up and thrown in the trash. Yet here we are. Again, I can't explain it. I'm not going to sit here and try to. Coddle the media through figuring this out. If they wanna just say they're trash, they don't belong to the worst thirteen and three team, they're gonna lose in the first I don't care. That's fine. They're missing the whole big picture of how they even got here. That's the thing. We've been saying this since week one literally I remember watching that game and afterwards on this podcast saying that was an unbelievable defensive performance but if the offense doesn't improve we're not going anywhere and then when the offense started to improve the defense started to fall off and it's like well if the defense doesn't improve we're not going anywhere if this happens again we're not going anywhere if this happens we're not going all year long I've been saying it you've been saying it the media' has been saying it everybody's been saying it yet here we are second seed 13 and three. It's it's weird, but it is what it is. And so the, the the Packers are right where they belong. And and now it's just it's it's you start over. And and when when the game time comes, whether it's the Saints or the Seahawks or the Eagles, the only question is what team are we seeing over here and what team are we seeing over here? What version of the Seahawks are we going to see? What version of the Packers? And that's every game. That's literally every game. Every single one of these teams in the playoffs has had bad days. The Packers just have a lot of them, and their bad days are just good enough to win. Their bad days tend to come against bad teams, and they're just good enough on a bad day to beat those bad teams. They have been perfectly placed. There's been a perfect amount of bad on this team to be unimpressive and still win. And then when there's not a lot of bad on the other side, either, number one, they lose, which has happened now three times, or they rise to the occasion and dominate and just play a very good game. And and listen, I'm disappointed with last week, but let's not define the season based on that Lions game. It It was not very long ago. Let's go back two weeks. When we looked at that Vikings game, we could just as easily go back and define the season that way. We'd be wrong on both accounts. Because the real picture here that I believe is the fact that they just meet the competition where it's at, and then when it gets down to the wire, they find a way to punch it in. And that's all I'm going to ask this team to do from here on out. I don't expect any sort of dominant performance. If we get one, cool, kind of doubt it. But this is a team that if if they're either going to get kind of blown out and dominated, or they're going to win. If it's ugly, if they're losing, if it's down but it's close, you got to kind of feel good about it. And that's the funny thing about the Lions game. I kind of felt like they were going to win the whole game. I mean, there was a point when it got real bad, you know, early before the half, I think they were down more than two scores, maybe. I'm not sure. But it was like, holy cow, we might actually lose this game. But once the Packers started coming back, it was just disgust at what I was seeing. But the hilarious part is, if I were to go back in time, there's this... There's the disgust at the front, but in the back of my mind, I know we're going to win. I'm just disappointed. Because <laughs> that's just what the Packers have done all season. You let me down, but I know you're going to come through and fix it. And, and, you know, I'll wag my finger at you in disappointment. But, you know, congratulations, by the way, at being 13-3. and three. And, of course, there's the any given Sunday and they get paid two thing, but let's not pretend that we almost lost because the Lions played a lights-out game. Again, David Blau was burning balls into the dirt like nothing. And this is, like, the worst coverage unit in football, and they lost Darius Slay. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to go down that road. You can if you want, but I'm going to stick with, with the thing that I said. So that that's it, man. The Packers are just a weird team who have a massive amount of talent, but are just wildly unstable, which usually is bad for the playoffs, but they've been stable enough to get the wins. That's the best part. And if they can just continue that trajectory, just just use the right amount of dominant performance that you need to win the game, there's still a real possibility of a Super Bowl here. It's not a super high possibility, but here, newsflash. There's not a high probability for any one of these teams to win a Super Bowl. The Packers are in it, man. And there's no point dwelling on anything else. The only thing we need to know is that we're the number two seed with more than enough talent to win a Super Bowl. That really is it. And if you want to go back and dwell on, on the D- Detroit Lions game and pretend as though that's how the team is going to act for the rest of the year, you can do that. But we've learned this year that that's not the case. It's 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 moving on time. That's it. So anyways, let's take one more quick break. I want to break down some of the stats, just kind of see what all happened in the game, and then we'll call it a day. So just just to put it into a little bit more perspective, by the way, again, not a good performance, but the first half, the Lions had us 17-3. to The second half, the Packers won 20-3. Again, not super pretty, but, but let's also remember that if they don't throw 17 deep passes... I don't know that we're even having a conversation about how bad Aaron Rodgers was. Granted, he needs to do a better job of hitting, though, and and maybe it's still rhythm and trying to be able to get in sync with these guys because they're always talking about it. it's hard to gauge who's in, at fault because if if the if you change the angle of the route a little bit, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to make excuses, but point is, if this was a different game plan, it would have just been a beating and we wouldn't be talking about anything negative. But a second half performance of 20 to three, um, that's that's not terrible regardless of incompletions but in this game and I, I was shocked when I saw Aaron Rodgers through for 323 yards I thought it was a mistake here's the thing though 55 attempts 55 passing attempts again th- this is part of the problem and I, I get that you're saying well they got a terrible coverage unit we're just going to assault them through the air but if something's not working and you commit to it to 55 times poof by the way uh 55 attempts 27 completions 323 yards 5.9 yards per attempt which is wild when you're throwing every pass <laughs> 20 yards two touchdowns and a pick his longest pass was 33 yards he did a connect on a couple only one sack which isn't bad david blow had a terrible game yeah i'm gonna keep calling him that 29 attempts 12 completions 122 yards 4.2 yards per attempt zero touchdowns and a pick that's a rough day at the office man even for a third string quarterback <laughs> Aaron Jones, 25 attempts, exactly 100 yards, 4-yard average. You know, wasn't the best game in terms of just grinding out. I mean, he ground out a lot of hard yard, But uh, five first downs, and then he had a couple of big ones that uh, made a big difference. Tyler Irvin, one carry, 10 yards. And my man Dexter Williams, two attempts for 9 yards, 4.5-yard average. Ty Johnson, uh, three carries, 65 yards, averaged 21.67 yards. So... We'll just not worry about that so much. In fact, I'm not even going to read the Lions stats because I don't care. They lost. They're terrible. I'm not going to read your rushing stats. Get out of my face. Devontae Adams again coming up huge. Seven receptions, 93 yards, 13.29 average. Ended up getting five first downs, very, very needed first downs, and a touchdown, 13 target. Obviously, could have been a much better day, but we won't talk about incompletions anymore. Uh, Jimmy Graham, surprised to see this. I feel like he caught one pass. Apparently, he caught four for 49 yards. Uh, including a 20 yard pass, converted three first downs, 34 yards after the catch, which is something he's actually very good at. And then Alan Lazard, who I think has solidified himself as the number two, not to say somebody might not step up and have a better day sometime. But it's been ever since Alan Lazard peaked, he's been pretty consistently the top guy. Again, maybe, you know, Kumaro steps up for a day, or that's probably it. But uh, he's definitely been the top. And he's been solid, too. I mean, coming up in clutch situations, but also just skying up to get those touchdown receptions. I mean, he's doing it in multiple ways. You got guys like Kumaro and uh, Geronimo and Marquez that kind of have, like, a thing that they do. And you can kind of hope that they can do that thing. I think... Alan Lazard is is kind of a guy that can do more than one thing, which is kind of nice. But Geronimo actually came up in a few big clutch catches. And, and this is one of the positive things, too. And there were drops, and that was pretty negative for the receivers. But we did see a good mix of of guys. Geronimo with three receptions. Only fumbled one of them, which is great. 17-yard. Uh, ended up converting one first down. Marquez came up with two receptions for 19-yard. Got us that one really clutch third-down conversion. Tanyan had two for nine yards. Aaron Jones had two receptions for 43 yards, obviously the one really big one. Uh, both of those catches were first down conversion, which are really big things, right? I, I keep mentioning first down conversion, and it's for a reason. I actually like the Packers' ability to move the sticks, assuming it's not third and like seven or longer. If, if it's third and six-ish, even third and seven, I feel relatively good about their ability to find somebody. You know, usually it's going to be Devontae, but you got Jimmy, you got Lazard, you got Allison. You, apparently, we got Scantling on occasion. Aaron Jones, I mean, only two receptions. Both of them were, you know, first downs. Irvin had one for five and a first down. Kumro only one of seven. And then Mercedes Lewis had one, and that was also a first down conversion. So everybody, in total, you had Devontae, Jimmy Graham, Alan Lazard, Jimmy Graham, uh, Marquez, Aaron Jones, Tyler Irvin, and Mercedes Lewis all helping get first down. All coming up. And I don't know if, you know, obviously not all these are third down conversions, but that's that, that's big. And, I, and listen... Like I said, this is what I think the Packers' offense should be. Convert first downs. Don't don't worry about touchdowns when you're on the 25-yard line. Don't worry about skipping to the 50-yard line by throwing a 30-yard path. Just get 10 yards. And I think they're really, really good at that. I think Jimmy Graham is an asset. Alan Lazard, Devontae is just so incredibly clutch. If it's third and five, it's almost automatic to Devontae. They're so good at that, but they just don't want to utilize it. You know, first and ten, and you throw a 30-yard pass that's incomplete. Now it's second and ten, you run the ball, get two yards, you're in third and eight. Because you just don't stick to your identity. And I listen, I get it. You don't want to be too one-dimensional, and you got to keep them honest, and you want to attack their weaknesses. I, cool. I think the Packers actually have a very strong strength and identity, and they should play to it until they realize they can't. And I, listen, I know the running game didn't look pretty, but you got three guys that averaged over four yards a carry, so... I'm not going to sit here and cry about that. A um, couple other things. Kickoff return, Tyler Irvin, four returns, 89 yards, 22.25 average. Not terrible. His longest was 33 yards, which is awesome. Punt returns, he had two for 17 yards, 8.5 average. J.K. Scott, by the way, if we're going to mention somebody who had a great day, J.K. Scott, oh my goodness. I, I mean, I when was the last time you saw a Packers kicker kick the ball where it hits right like right at the half-yard mark and then bounces the correct direction. He had one, I think, immediately after that hit the one and went the wrong direction, which even that I'm not going to be mad because that is pinpoint accuracy. And if we just had somebody down there, it would have been caught at the one-yard line. But he was very, very clutch. Five punts, 221 yards, 44.2 average. His longest was 51 yards. Only one touchback. Two of them were pinned inside the 20. Don't have hang time stats yet. I'll have that tomorrow with PFF. And then Crosby, 2 of 2 on his PATs, 3 of 4 in field goals, which ended up being pretty clutch. The only one he missed was a 51-yard field goal, which obviously is very forgivable. But we needed Mason Crosby in a big way. He had to kick um, six times, and he made five out of those six, and he kicked the one that mattered the most when it came down to it. Very, very awesome for Mason to be able to be the game winner in that game. Defensive statistics said stick out. Obviously, Blake got the most tackles. Not bragging on him, just saying number. Amos was right behind him. And then um, sacks. Blake Martinez had one. As far as official sacks, we'll look at PFF tomorrow. I'm sure they might credit a few others. And according to PFF also, I was a little bit, I'm not going to say disappointed, because it's ridiculous to expect Zadarius to have games like he did against Minnesota every single week. But I was kind of hoping he can come up in a little more clutch situations. But looking at what PFF said, apparently he was living in the backfield again, against the run and against the pass. Just wasn't exactly converting every single time you know the pass was still coming out and all that stuff but he was just living back there again so i would expect him to have another really high grade from them because they were extremely impressed so anyways those are just sort of the general numbers again we'll look more specifically um at grades and stats tomorrow with what pff has to say otherwise take this day to uh get out any negative feelings you have any frustrations you have get it out because it's time to start focusing on the playoffs the packers are a playoff football team one year after not even getting to eight wins I'm sorry it's not as pretty as any of us would like, and again, we wouldn't write it up this way if we had the choice, but they have more than enough talent and ability to win a Super Bowl. I don't know what else to ask for other than that. They're the number two seed with a good defense and a very capable offense when they can get into a rhythm, and they've got to win three games. That's it. That's the story, man. So we got, we got a lot of extra time, so we'll be doing some extra stuff, and, and if you have some thoughts and ideas on things you want me to look more in-depth at, let me know. Just tag me in the Facebook group because I don't get to see everything. There's a lot of posts in there now. Or send a text. There's a a phone number in the description. Or get a hold of me some kind of way. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.